You're listening to a Fit Plus Love production. There is a correspondence between the movement of the cosmos and the movement of human life. And we don't really understand it, but just like you cannot quantify love, you cannot quantify wonder, you cannot quantify certain kind of archetypal state, you cannot boil down this archetypal synastry between the heavens and human life into a data point. It just is one of these extraordinary mysteries. That was Dr. Jennifer Freed. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative, movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hello, Marnie on the Move listeners. Welcome. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. How's everyone doing? It's February. We're in 2021. You know, Mercury is in retrograde, right? I hope this podcast makes it up into the feed. (laughs) I'm going to take some advice from today's guest and check it three times before uploading. If you don't follow astrology or have any idea what I'm talking about, no worries. You are going to learn about it today during my conversation with internationally recognized psychological astrologer, Dr. Jennifer Freed. But before we dive into our conversation, shout out to our sponsors, Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is the ultra personalized nutrition platform that analyzes your blood, DNA, and lifestyle to help you optimize your body from the inside out. They are my go-to for understanding my inner health, looking at my blood levels, and getting great nutritional insight. Inside Tracker transforms your body's data into meaningful insights and a customized action plan of the science-backed recommendations you need to reach your goals. Take control of your health and wellness. Unlock the power of your potential. Use our code for 20% off. Thank you, MOTM. And of course... There's a link in the show notes. Now, back to my guest, Dr. Jennifer Freed, who is also the best-selling author of Use Your Planets Wisely, Master Your Ultimate Cosmic Potential with Psychological Astrology. Dr. Freed has spent over 30 years consulting worldwide clients and businesses on social and emotional learning and other psychological, spiritual, and educational topics. She is the co-founder of the Santa Barbara nonprofit, AHA, which is dedicated to helping teens, families, and educators feel safe, seen, and celebrated. I don't know about you, but I've been doing a lot of personal and professional development these past few months, setting new goals, understanding how to improve my process of achieving these goals, visualizing the future, and being present. On today's episode, Dr. Jennifer Freed offers an inside look at her new book, Use Your Planets Wisely, and how to use it for inner work, positive and productive self-exploration through the many exercises within. She shares her unique approach to astrology, which combines astrology, psychology, 
and social-emotional learning, and how you can understand your cosmic DNA. We talk about navigating 2021 and the planetary alignment, Mercury retrograde, my favorite, and the planetary conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn. Of course, I asked Dr. Freed to demystify astrology. For the naysayers, I know you're out there. We talk about where her journey into astrology began and the health and wellness routines that fuel her for success. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple. Head over to the app on your phone, scroll through the episodes of Marnie on the Move, click on the five stars, and tell us what you love. Also, share the podcast and conversations you're listening to on your social channels, in your stories, in your feed, however you want to share. And tag Marnie on the Move, and we will follow and tag you as well. Feel free, always, to email me with questions, marnieonthemove1 at gmail.com. Now, on to the conversation. I'm so thankful that you are able to hop on the podcast. I'm a huge fan of astrology, and I'm a Scorpio, I have a Cancer moon, a Gemini rising. Yeah. And I'm a huge believer in astrology. I've been following astrology and the planets. I, I don't even know where it really started for me, probably in high school. I know the other day, my niece called me, she's 12, and she was like, can you help me with my chart? And I'm like, wait, what? I know it was so sweet, but it was also like, wow, that's so cool. She's getting into astrology. That's a good thing. Everyone's getting into astrology unless they're hating it. Yeah. You've been practicing astrology and psychological astrology for over 30 years. So maybe for my listeners, you could break down a little bit about what astrology is, why it's real, and where you come in as somebody who is guiding people with the insight and intelligence that you are getting from the planets and their energy. Astrology is a many thousand year old practice of understanding signs and symbols as they relate to cultural movements, but in the more recent history of the last 500 years, personal cycles. And it's all based on the movement of the planets against the heavens, which seem to correlate with certain events and experiences. And it's about spiritual synchronicity. And it has to do with being able to interpret and really read the signs. And that's what I do. And because I have a PhD in psychology, I'm very interested not just in reading the signs, but helping people unpack their complexes and their dynamics so they can live a more optimum life. I mean, for some people, it's challenging to comprehend that at this moment that they were born, the planets were in a certain place in the universe and that all of this can be interpreted into a plan and a guide into understanding the aspects of their personality on how they can thrive and succeed. Where do some of these stories come from about the planets and our personalities? That's a great thing. It's all based on Greek and Roman mythology. So you have to imagine thousands and thousands of years ago, people only had natural light. They didn't have electricity. They didn't live by machines. It was all in direct connection with the cosmos. And as they noticed certain events happening when a certain planet was in the sky, let's call it Mars, they gave the name Mars, which is the Roman and Greek god. Right. And they 
gave it a certain significance because they noticed when Mars was here, certain kinds of wars would break out, certain kinds of lust would happen. And that's how they developed the symbology. So it was a direct knowing based on empirical evidence. So when Venus, this gorgeous planet, was in the sky, it seemed people fell in love and got married. And they tracked that for thousands of years. They saw a lot of recurring patterns. And this then got distilled into a personal birth chart. Oh, Venus is in the sign of Leo. And that indicates that you would be a more flamboyant lover or a more affectionate lover. So it's just like, think of a million scientists recording data every day for thousands of years and then coming up with a formula or an interpretation. And to become a great astrologer, you have to learn math and science and history and mythology, etc. And that's why I'm very cautious these days with so much proliferation of astrology, most people aren't really very well qualified. Right. I think to be good at what you do, I mean, there has to be like a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge. And then, I mean, what you're doing is very unique with your approach to astrology, which combines astrology, psychology, social, emotional learning. So maybe, you know, and you've been practicing this for 30 years. So maybe tell me more about your particular practice. Yes. And this is an important thing you've just said, you know, life experience is one thing, but also, and this just happens over time. You know, I've read thousands of people's astrology charts. Now I learn from every reading because there's always nuance in the way things are actually represented in life. So now thousands of charts in when I see certain complexes or certain dynamics, I have a whole catalog of memory of people that have gone through things that I can draw upon to help me understand what this signifies. And I think because I've trained for all these years in social emotional learning, which is how to have healthy relationships and psychology, which is basically, you know, how to diagnose and treat symptoms. This helps me not just understand the dynamics, but help people guide them through the things facing them. How did this start for you? Like, where did you, where did your path into astrology begin? Well, I was, uh, you know, as a New York Jewish young person, I don't know why I was drawn to astrology before it was ever popular or important. And my family made fun of me. But then when I was 18 or 19, I had this profound reading from a woman, and that made me completely convinced this was part of my path. At the same time, at that same age, I was studying psychology. So these two things paralleled each other. I studied psychology and astrology throughout my whole basic life, and I found there was a great correspondence between them, and that's how the path started. It was just a calling, I would say. Do you also practice psychology separately from astrology? I did for many, many years. Besides co-founding and running a nonprofit on social-emotional learning. It's called AHA, right? Yeah, AHA, which is still like thriving with the new executive director, but I'm still the chief content officer. It's the most amazing gift of my life to be part of a community of people that are making lives better for um, young people, adults, and educators. But back to psychology, I kept up a private practice treating couples and individuals and families 
up until three years ago, in which I just totally started focusing on my writing and astrology and this nonprofit that I continue to work with. So it sounds like it was really organic for you to start you know, in your process of psychology and then moving into astrology to kind of merge these two things together. Yes, it was very organic and it made perfect sense to me. And it was a hard sell to everyone else. Yes. And I feel so vindicated because, you know, I am Aquarius. I have a strong Uranus chart. So I've always been like ahead of the game. Yes. And I feel like the world finally caught up. And now astrology is the it thing where I was just mocked for so many years. Yeah. And it's like, well, okay. I know. I um, feel like that. I, I definitely live on, you know, I'm into astrology and yeah human design and yeah crystal healing and all I believe in all these things until they are disproven as opposed to believing you know having a negative cynical kind of approach to those things and you know they work for me however they work I think astrology is great for personal development and using it positively to understand yourself and understand the macro world of what's happening yeah, I, I want to comment on that, which is whether you're male, female, or they, or any way you identify. There's an entire tradition in history of what we call the divine feminine way of knowing, which is an intuitive or instinctual understanding that then science has to verify. Like there's so much that we, we actually know, and then it gets proven and I've always just trusted that what I'm experiencing is valid. And it doesn't mean like in that subjective, completely distorted way. It right. just means like if I love somebody, I know that to be true. And if I sense that somebody's mad, I know it to be true. Now, it doesn't mean that they don't have their truth. But that's how I feel about astrology. It's a sacred art. It's outlasted every other personality system because it has a inherent validity to it that mostly cannot be explained. Right. And what is that? <laughs> you like mostly can't be explained. <laughs> well, I think it's it's what Carl Jung called synchronicity, which is as above, so below. That there is a correspondence between the movement of the cosmos and the movement of human life. And we don't really understand it, but just like you cannot quantify love, you cannot quantify wonder, you cannot quantify certain kind of archetypal states, you cannot boil down this archetypal synastry between the heavens and human life into a data point. It just is one of these extraordinary mysteries. I love that. And it's so much more than just our sun signs and oh, setting yeah. up our birth charts. But I mean, I do remember a time when I would go, you know, I live in New York City and I went to Parsons and college here. And I remember I would go to the village and there was like this guy in this basement apartment who was doing charts whose name I cannot remember, but I had my chart done and there were no apps out there. And I could right, never have figured right. it out myself. Like looking at an astrological chart was like a totally other language for me. Right. And then to look at it and then to read it and understand what it all means. There's a big difference between having an app on your phone and looking at what it says and then speaking with someone like you. What are some apps that you might recommend 
that are better than others that you think could be a good start into this? Let's see. I really like cafe astrology. You do on the web. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've consulted with CoStar. I like. Is it called the pattern? There's many that are good. I just want to really emphasize that you would never trust a computer to give you the final say on your partner. Right. You have your own experience of your partner. And it's very dangerous to rely only on these apps because they are all algorithms and the algorithm doesn't have a soul. I would just want to say, I think they're great little learning tools, but they never can replace a contact with your soul and your own experience and divine knowing. I don't like it when people rely on this information instead of really doing the inner work to know who they are and what they're experiencing. Which is why your book, Choose Your Planets Wisely, is the perfect addition for someone looking to sort of take their cosmic DNA, as you have coined, and understanding to the next level. So tell me a little bit about Choose Your Planets Wisely, why you created this book, and how to use it constructively and positively alongside having your chart. Yeah. Well, I did write the book because one of my colleagues and students of many years said, you've got to write a book because no one else is doing it like you do it. And she helped me put it together, the book proposal, etc. So the reason I wrote it is because I wish I would have had this book. And it is a psychological, astrological book. But what it is more than anything else is it gives the reader the opportunity to be the expert. You can read the book, understand yourself, upgrade your own life. And I'm very much into empowering people to be their own agents of change instead of relying on gurus or um, astrologers, etc. So the book is a how-to. Basically, look at your birth chart and start on a very basic level to understand it and to work it and to keep working it so that you have the happiest, most joyful life. And you talk about each sun sign in terms on each planet or archetype mm-hmm. in terms of levels. It's three levels. The planets in each sign have three possibilities. What I call the primitive is which when you're in the hijacked reactive fear brain. The adaptive, which is when you're basically humming and operating pretty well. And the evolving, which is what we're all trying to aspire for, which is when we transcend our ego and are of service to the world. So for each planet in your chart, you get a specific roadmap how to move from that fearful, regressed, not skillful place to ultimately this extremely free contributing space. This is amazing because then you have all these great exercises that you can do alone with your friends, as you suggest in the book, that are like, it's like a workshop. So for people now, we're in 2021 and, you know, maybe you're doing some work to, on yourself. And I think we should always be working on ourselves, but it's a great, great book to do these sort of self-exploration exercises. Exactly. And, and, and that's really what I'm all about is If everybody took the time to do their own work, then their work in the world would be so beautiful and elegant. 
And the world tends to suck us into a vortex of passivity and consumerism. And instead, what I want to really engender is people getting super excited about contributing. The exercises are great. I started using some of them. I'm only on my sun sign, though. I'm in the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. No, it's meant to be like a lifelong book. It's not like you can get it done in three months. I'm hoping that use your planets wisely ideally is something, you know, you do a few few times a year and you just keep it by your bedside and you do it with your partner, your beloveds, your friends. It's like it's never going to be not relevant. So right. it's an ongoing yeah. process. There are a few exercises per sign per per planet, which Right. are all really good. And I feel like, you know, it, would ta- it takes a while to go through those exercises and really think about all the different components. It's great. In your book, you talk about you're changing the perception and reinterpreting these ancient astrological archetypes for a modern day audience. I know you talked about Mars earlier, but what are some of the old archetypes rooted in and how are you bringing in these new modern day archetypes? Right. Well, It's like when you get Mars, the old archetype is like of the warrior and the person that's out there making, you know, aggressive moves and such. And instead, I put the bonfire. And so we're trying to move from these kind of personal, ego-driven, mostly patriarchal versions into things that inspire more of a collective sense of moving energy. So that would be one example. I like how you changed the sun to a taproot. I had no idea what a taproot was until I read this book. So what is a taproot? Well, the taproot is under any big tree system, there's these interlocking root systems. So instead of it being the singular ego identity, like I am, which Mm -hmm. is the sun, but the I am needs to be connected to we are, which is the opposite of the um, sun is Libra, and it's we are. So moving out of this kind of singular heroic myth into, yes, we can, we all are going to make this change. And so the sun becomes the taproot, which is we're all part of the nurturing system for this one great tree. And I mean, I was just talking about our sun signs, but in your book, you also talk about how important it is to know all the other planets and especially your moon and you talk about Chiron. Yeah. But what is Chiron? Chiron is a planetoid and it's a um, minor aspect, but it's, uh, I mean, a minor planetoid, but it's the wounded healers, that archetype. It was uh, discovered in the seventies along with the self-help movement. And it's about understanding that each of us in order to be humble realizes that we're wounded instead of that anyone is really above anyone else. And it's through our wounds that the light comes in, that we become sensitized to others and compassionate and benevolent. So everybody in understanding where your wound is has more empathy and also needs help in that area. This is the place where one needs more attention and healing. Interesting. I think it's... um... I can't believe that when I was reading your book and all the astrology charts that I look at and things that I think about, I had not thought about that as something to consider, which speaks volumes. <laughs> um, that's that's okay. And in my book, we put Chiron as the gnarled tree because when you look at nature and all of its, quote, irregularities, you never think of them as deformities. 
So none of our wounds, traumas, scars really are deformities. They're just part of a beautiful imperfection that makes us each unique. And then I'm curious about Pluto as a planet or as a moon. Do these, do these discoveries impact any changes in how in modern astrology? Is it a moon or is it a planet? And no, 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 it, no. They were they demoted it, then okay. they put it back to a planet. It doesn't matter. Okay, Pluto, doesn't Pluto. Care. <laughs> Pluto doesn't care. Okay, Pluto was discovered at the same time that we constructed the atomic bomb and split particles, and Pluto. In, in my experience of all these years, is one of the most powerful cycles a person will ever, ever go through. And Pluto is significant in terms of world and cultural events. And it's incredibly powerful for each of us to consider that there are those experiences in life, like the pandemic is one of them, right. that bring us all to our knees. And Pluto as an energy or an archetype is that great equalizer where everyone will die and everyone will suffer unbearable losses. And there is no one, no matter how rich or how anything they are, is going to be able to avoid death or avoid unbearable loss. It's just part of the human spiritual contract. And then speaking of the pandemic and bringing us all to our knees... How are we moving forward into 2021 and the planetary lineup? I know that on your Instagram, which, by the way, you have an amazing, uh, some amazing posts on Instagram that I've noticed in the last few months you've been posting about. And you, in the beginning, I think it was the beginning of 2021 or the end of, mm-hmm. in December, you posted something about navigating 2021 and old waves crashing into new waves and new Mm -hmm, waves crashing mm -hmm. into old waves. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can talk about that for a minute or two. Sure. Well, the whole 2021, we're going to be working with Uranus, square Saturn, Jupiter, basically. And Saturn represents the old, the traditional, and sometimes kind of the imperious, autocratic, tyrannical rulers and Uranus is the revolution or the rebellion. You could not have seen the exact kind of templates of both being played out capital riots and um, mobs and then the inauguration. So in both there's a profound rebellion going on in both it's the new and the old and I thought yesterday as a like metaphor, unbelievable, oldest white male president we've ever had with the first of many, the first black South Asian woman vice president, the first Jewish man married to her, the first woman, Dr. Jill Biden, that's ever, you know, been a doctor that's going to now work full time on and on and on. And this is the new and the old, you know, yeah. and in that way. But also the Capitol riots were this kind of old will for power up against, you know, this rainbow coalition. Um, and this is the tension that's going to continue throughout this year. And what's given me great relief as an Aquarius, and many planets are in Aquarius this first month of January, is that we really can combine the wisdom of the old with 
the vision and revolution of the new. And that's going to take a lot of patience and perseverance and listening because we don't want to be scared and we don't want to pressure people, but we want to move things along. And is that part of the what happened with the planetary conjunction on December 21st of Jupiter and Saturn, like just really shifting and changing the energy? Or is that something else well, that's current? No, no, that's the beginning of this period. Okay. And that in itself is Saturn and Jupiter is kind of expansion and restriction, which we still have. You know, we're going to be in this pandemic for the whole year, some some fashion of it. But we're also in a great growth period of coming together. So that's the Saturn-Jupiter. But the real player here is that the Saturn-Jupiter constriction expansion is square to Uranus is this kind of rebelling and uh, illuminating awakening energy. So it's this tension that we're going to be working with all year. Interesting. And my favorite, my favorite topic when it comes to astrology, and I know that you're not like into these bubblegummy type vanilla things, but Mercury is in retrograde January 30th, and I feel it already. Oh, yeah. Well, Mercury goes into retrograde a number of times a year, and it's mm -hmm. always a great challenge. And Mercury in retrograde is just a time for reevaluation and slowing down and having things muck up so that we can all just realize we're not in a race, you know. Reflection and contemplation is highly underrated, and Mercury retrograde gives us all that opportunity. That's great, like turning it into an opportunity instead of oh, yeah. panic mode, which I go into. I don't sign contracts. I don't do anything. <laughs> I, can't, well, I I actually like force myself, like you said. I just sort of like slow down, try to yeah, just focus. take everything a lot slower. Uh, the formula that works very well is during Mercury retrograde, read everything three times before agreeing or sending. You'll be fine. All right. Feels like I've got like some good insight into navigating Mercury retrograde. The other thing I wanted to ask you about, I mean, you're a healer, you see a lot of people as a psychologist, and you are out there giving your energy to all these people. So how do you take care of yourself? Like what's your self-care routine or wellness routine? How do you unplug? And what do you do to stay fit? Well, it's kind of extreme because, you know, honestly, to do the work I do, and as I get older, I need more and more self-care. So basically, I start, I usually wake up around 5.30 or 6, and then I do some meditating in bed, and then I get up, make my coffee, and then I go and I do some Qigong. And then after I do Qigong, I do uh, letters to the divine of my knowing and then I spend an hour a day exercising outside. And then at night, before I go to bed, I meditate again. That's my deal. That's your deal. I like that. That's good. And you, I mean, you live in a spiritual vortex. <laughs> right? Yeah, I live in Santa Barbara, so that helps. But then also, I'm really into enjoyment and pleasure. So like, Every night I have my small glass of really good red wine yeah. and I have my coffee in the morning and then I eat very healthy, you know, basically protein and vegetables, but I like my gluten-free snacks. But I, I feel like, you know, underneath all of my activities is a sense of gratitude and joy. 
And I'm very disciplined because to do what I do, you have to be really disciplined if I'm going to be attentive and fresh to each client or writing activity I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, you've been doing a lot of a lot of writing on your Instagram. I mean, I love your new moon musing that you put up that was... Yeah, I write there. I write a lot for Goop. I write a lot now for Maria Shriver's newsletter. And I'm currently writing my second book. So I love writing. When is your second book coming out? Well, that will be decided. My second book is called Your Divine Possibilities. And it just depends because the publisher, right. once it gets in their hands, then they have this certain amount of time to get it out. But um, I'm like never more excited than this particular book, which is a follow-up to Use Your Planets Wisely. Oh, that's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know you're super busy. Are you seeing clients and working with people doing their charts Yeah. Well, I I had to make a big decision because I'm also passionately involved with AHA, aha ahasb.org. Tell me a little bit about AHA so that I can, so people know what that is. My partner, Randy, and I founded this nonprofit in 1999, and we've been working at it ever since. And now we have 25 staff and we've served over 40,000 youth and educators. And it's all about teaching junior high, high school, and teachers, how to have social and emotional intelligence, which is how to manage yourself, how to have self-awareness, how to have social awareness, how to have responsible decision-making, and how to have healthy relationships. And you think, oh, no-brainer. We should all know that, but nobody does. And so we work with our staff and we do amazing workshops and in-school programs and Zoom now programs. And so I do that 20 or so hours a week, and I'm absolutely thrilled to be serving the nation with that nonprofit. And uh, then I will do an average of four to six readings a week at this point, and I'm booked for the entire 2021 at this moment. Wow, that's amazing. That's great. And because I noticed on your website, you have something called the Wisdom Club, which is, is that also part of your... Yeah. Well, the only thing open right now for anyone to join is called the Venus Club. And that is a monthly seminar that I do. And I love it. And people can interact with me there. And also, if you're part of the Venus Club, you know, you'll get kind of first dibs at getting readings with me. But also, every now and then I'll be sending little gifts and presents in terms of inspiration. So that I would refer anyone and everyone who wants to get more spiritually uplifted yes, to come join the Venus Club. All right, cool. And I, I definitely think everybody should get your book, Use Your Planets Wisely, and follow you on Instagram because I like what you're putting out there. Thank you. I really appreciate that because I have to tell you, yeah. as an iconoclast and a rebel... <laughs> I've had so many people make fun of me with my Instagram, my friends and my partner mostly because I'm a goofball. Uh, You know, I'll do really weird things and I don't follow anybody's plan and I'm not branding very well and all of that. So the fact that you like it makes me feel really good. Yeah, well, we are similar that way. I'm not a a joiner and I definitely refuse to do what everyone else is doing. But I actually have spent like so much besides hosting this podcast, like my actual job is marketing and PR. And like, I've spent my whole life doing that except for myself. I've been taking some of my own advice lately and thinking about my personal brand, but I can't give up 
posting pictures of my dogs and me running through the exactly. streets of New York City. And I why mean, should yeah. you? Why should you? It's just like, you yeah, know, I don't know. But I mean, it, it is, I think for, I think it's a fine line between wanting to be authentic and who you are and then having to like have a brand on social media that you're doing a great yeah. job. So <laughs> thank you. Well, I, you know, I really appreciate that. And I, I, I guess what I want to say to your listeners of all ages is that if you really follow both, I'm going to add this, your bliss was a great thing for everyone to follow, but that's BS unless you're willing to do the work. If yes. you follow your bliss and put in the sweat equity, you will definitely have rewards. So the important part is do what you love. Don't try to do it for money. I never did astrology as like, oh, I'm going to make money from this. I did it because it was a calling and I put in all the work. And now, yes, I'm making really a good income from it. But I think people have really misunderstood that when you have a calling, don't tie it to like finance because finance has a way of corrupting the vision. Do the work do the thing, work for money somewhere else. And right. if you really stick the path, it will all come together. I know it. It has for me. Yeah. And it doesn't happen overnight. That's the other thing. No, it does not happen overnight. Um, I think Sandra Cisnero said, becoming an overnight success took my entire life. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like, that's exactly. Like, I think people right. just discover you one day and they're like, oh my God. I think everybody could say, you know, you go and you look at someone from the outside, what they're doing, and it could look like instant success, but you don't know how long Never. that person has been no. on their journey. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think we have to really rewire everybody from instant gratification to long term devotion for everything. Yeah. I agree. This has been awesome. So, well, thank you so much for your time and for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, I really enjoyed talking to you. Yeah. I think you're up to something great and keep going. And yeah, thank you for your time. Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram, and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, MarnieOnTheMove1 at gmail.com. And let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of. If you have questions for our guests, just reach out.